Sometimes we lose sight of the value of taking that first step. This is Rabbi Yitzchak Price with another episode of Tachlis Talks, growth-oriented, partial-related Torah podcasts. For those of us outside the land of Israel, we are reading the double portions this week, Chukas and Balak. All of those of you in Israel, you read Chukas last week, and you encountered the tragic incident, which we'll read about this week, of Moshe being directed by God to speak to a rock and generate a miraculous flow of water from that rock. Moshe hits the rock rather than speak to the rock, hits the rock actually twice, and water does miraculously come from the rock, but not through the exact methodology and the exact practice that God had demanded of Moshe. And as such, it's considered a failure. Moshe, any deviation, even if it's rather subtle, even if it ends up yielding the miraculous outcome, is ultimately, for his level of expected perfection, it is considered a failure. And this is a major factor in Moshe not being able to enter the land of Israel. A major tragedy for Moshe himself and ultimately for us. But within this story, the issue that he hit the rock, the Ran, the Rabbeinu Nisim, in his drushos points out, we can understand where Moshe had this expectation that the staff was to play a role. Because God specifically told Moshe to bring along the mata, to bring his staff when approaching the rock. And 39 years earlier, in the Parsha of Beshalach, soon after our exiting Egypt, when we find ourselves in the desert without water, and God directs Moshe to miraculously bring forth water from the rock, God tells Moshe to hit the rock. So Moshe, in his earlier same type of a situation. There's no water. The populace needs water. There's a rock that is going to be converted into a mobile water source. And by tradition, it's this very same rock, just that with the death of Miriam, it stopped supplying the water and it had to be reawakened, so to speak. Moshe was told previously to take his staff and strike the rock. And now Moshe was told to once again take his staff and go to the rock. And even if, again, technically... There is an error over here, and Moshe is blamed for that lack of perfection. We can at least recognize why he would have anticipated that if the water is not flowing when I try to speak to it or whatever happened initially, oh, I probably should be doing what I did way back there in Beshalach. But then that begs the question, why in fact, in Beshalach was Moshe told to strike the rock, and now he's being told to solicit the water with just speech? What has changed? And the Ron himself suggests that this difference is the difference from getting something started for the very first time, transforming something from one status to another, as opposed to preserving or building on a status change. The rock initially had been a rock. Rocks are not water supplies. Rocks are just rocks. Moshe had to convert the rock into a water supply. He had to generate this miraculous outpouring of water from the rock, and that would have involved an action. Now, it's not an action that you or I can do regularly of taking a staff and striking a rock and expecting to have a water supply that's going to uh, irrigate and, and, and provide water for an entire populace. But Moshe, with the staff of God and God's directive to that rock, 
that action can generate that outcome. But now the rock has already been transformed to a mobile well. And as such, even though the water has been turned off, there's no longer a need to transform this from just a rock to a water supply. This is just an issue of reawakening, re-inspiring that which is already there. It's already given. The rock already has the identity of being a water source. It takes far less effort at that second juncture than it took initially. We'll get back to that in a moment. Just interestingly, another work, the Sefer Ikarim, has a very different suggestion as to the difference. Why initially Moshe had to strike the rock, and now simply words would be enough. And that, he says, is the difference in who we are in that first story and who we are now. Moshe, as leader of Israel, and the nation of Israel in that first story were this nation en route to Sinai to get the Torah. But by definition, that means they were a nation that still lacked Torah. We were anticipating getting the Torah, we were traveling to get the Torah, but we were not a nation that had yet accepted the Torah. We were not Torah-infused personalities, and the physical world was not yet so ready to react miraculously to provide for us. It took the striking of the rock. But now, we are well post-Sinai. We are the nation that has accepted the Torah. We are living by that Torah. We are Torah-infused personalities. And that transformation has the physical world more in tune to us. The physical world is ready to react to us, and it does not need the same type of intervention. Now again, practically, you or I, whether it's hitting a rock, talking to a rock, what's the difference? But the point is that when there is going to be some type of miraculous outcome, the degree to which there has to be effort to make that happen, that changes dramatically pre and post the giving of the Torah pre and post our acceptance of the Torah, pre and post our becoming the people of the Torah. And, as he's writing in that work, Sefer Yikarim, a message that would emanate from there to the degree that we are in sync with Torah, that we are not, not just one day, maybe down the road, I'm going to open up the book, but this is something that drives us, then we can anticipate God's world reacting to us and, and recognizing that and responding to us. Now, interestingly, we find this much more in, in other aspects, specifically in the land of Israel, that the land of Israel naturally reacts to the people of Israel, and particularly when the people of Israel are in sync with the Torah of Israel and the God of Israel, that the land of Israel reacts to us and responds to us and provides for us. But the Sefer Hikarim is describing that to some degree, this is the way the world works. The world reacts to those who are doing God's will. And again, a distinction between prior to getting the Torah, where it took more effort, post getting the Torah, far less effort. Moving back, though, to that Ron that we re- reflected upon. The Ron who said, the difference is, has something developed? Has something been transformed? Once that's already happened, it takes a lot of effort to make that happen. Once it's already happened, that can be maintained, it can be redeveloped, re-inspired with far less effort. And if you think about it, in our own lives, the difference from being somebody who says, I plan to start exercising one day. I really plan. I already made a chart. I already bought the equipment. 
that person is not yet an exerciser. You become the exerciser when you actually start exercising. Now, of course, it takes a lot of repetition to secure the practice and other podcasts that we've talked about that idea, but the initial transformation is quite significant. When I'm no longer saying what I plan to do, but I've done it, so now I can identify and in that self-talk, when I look at myself, I am somebody who does this. One day, I'll start making health-conscious eating decisions is radically different than I make healthy choices because I've done so. Even if I've done so once, just now in the moment, I've done so. And then even when I slip, I can get back to that point because, hey, I'm somebody who has done that. And particularly if I got to the point that I started and I did build up a certain trend, even if I eventually do fail, I fall off, but I know that I am somebody who has done that. I'm somebody who can do that. It's much easier to get back there than switching from somebody who just, I just don't do that, to the person that just, I do that, I just have to get back there. The difference can be in a one-day experience, in a one-behavior experience. Claiming, yeah, I'm planning on starting to do some Torah study one day, down the road, when? To be determined. I'm planning to, as opposed to, hey, I just took that chumash, I opened it up, I studied one verse, it's translation and it's commentary. I did one act. I am now a Torah studier. And if I slip, I can go back to that. That's something that I do. Crossing that line, taking that first step, jumping over that first hurdle, a big deal. But that can make all the difference. And again, in this miraculous story, striking the rock, giving it capacity to be a water supply source, which fascinatingly I should comment, and Ron says, because of that, this rock was now already programmed to provide water, and words of Moshe would have made that happen, and he understands that the striking of the rock, it would have started happening too. He understands, if you look at the text, he struck it twice, and he understands that the when Moshe wasn't sure, hey, is this producing the water or not? Is it coming out initially without a strong flow? He hits it the second time that actually reversed what was starting with the first hit. But that's somewhat of an aside, but the reality is it should take a lot less effort the second time, and the words would get it there, and ultimately the striking would have made it happen. The second one could have slowed it down, but again, within the storyline, we do see that ultimately water does flow from there, so it's going to happen once it's been set in motion the first time. It has this capacity. It's identified as a well, not just a rock. It's easier to get back there. If we identify ourselves as somebody who, I study Torah, I make healthy decisions, I exercise, whatever it is we're trying to get to, I get there, I, I can identify that way because I've done it once. I've jumped in. I, I swim. I, I got into that water despite it being too, a little too cold. Much easier to keep moving once we've done that. We should take these messages to heart. Number one, that Sefer Eikarim idea. Hey, with that radical transformation from being people who are Torah-infused and how the world reacts and, and just the, the incredible spiritual value of what it means to be Torah-infused personalities and this message of the run, recognizing that getting something moving is much harder uh, than continuing the process. So let's take advantage and, and do that difficult step because we know that once we do, 
it's going to make all of that future so much easier. Recognizing that down the road it'll be so much easier to keep things going, even get back there if we're realistic and know there may be slippage, but it's worth taking that initial step despite the extra effort involved because that's going to pay off big time in terms of the long-term future. Having that in mind, hopefully we become those Torah-infused personalities who are successful in taking those first steps and then when need be successful in re-inspiring, reawakening whatever those first steps did accomplish and be the type of people who will be far more likely to achieve Eretachlis.